So we're in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse uh, number 1. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 1, and that is in the Old Testament, is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. And it says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today. Here on this graduate Sunday, I want to charge all of our graduates with this word from the Lord. As a matter of fact, I want to speak from the topic, a charge from the Lord. Set in before us this morning, are those that have completed the academic requirements of pre-K, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and also graduate school. You all are sitting at the gate of your next journey. It doesn't matter if you were in preschool, you, you are sitting at the gate of your next journey of elementary school. If you, you are in elementary school you, and you graduate, you, have sitting, you are sitting at the gate of middle school. If you are in high school and you, you graduated, you, have, you are sitting at the gate of college. And if you are in college and you graduated, you are sitting in the gate of your journey to your career. But that is not the only con uh, people I want to speak to today. I want to speak to all of us. Because it don't matter if you're graduating from high school, you're graduating from elementary school, you graduate from middle school or college, but some of you all are going into businesses. You are sitting in the gate, sitting at the gate of your new business. Some of you all think about buying a home, you are sitting at the gate of buying a new home. Some of y'all think about joining a church, you're sitting at the gate of your next journey of joining a church. Some of you think about getting married, you're sitting at the gate of marriage. Some of you are thinking about having children. You are sitting at the gate of your next journey of children. And I want to charge you with this word from the Lord. And it says here, here's the charge. Here's the charge found in verse number 11, verse 8. It says, here's the charge. Don't forget about the Lord. He says, he, he makes this clear for those who are in Bible study with us. We are in the book of Deuteronomy. And so they, they, they've seen this before. They heard this verbiage before. He charged them not to forget about the Lord. Israel, in this text, in this, in this narrative, are sitting, is sitting at the gate of Moab as they wait to go into the promised land that God has promised Abraham over 400 years ago and, and they sitting at the promised land waiting to go in and before they go in God charged them with this charge he says when you when you go into your next journey when you go into the promised land that I have promised your forefathers when you go into the promised land I want you to not forget about me for my high school students when you go into college I want to charge you not to forget about God. For my middle school students, when you go into high school, I want you to charge you that you don't forget about God. For my elementary school, when you go into middle school, I want to charge you 
not to forget about God. For my preschoolers, when you go into elementary school, I want to charge you not to forget about God. For, for, for Clinton Baptist Church, when you go into that new journey, I want to charge you not to forget about God. He charges them not to forget about God. Look what he says. He says, beware that you do not forget about the Lord. This here is a warning. He says, beware, this is, this is a time where the sirens are going off, where, where noise is being made, where the, where the lights, the strobe lights are spinning, not the strobe lights you had in the, in the, in the basement that was, when y'all was gyrating off Marvin Gaye, not those strobe lights, but this is strobe lights, a warning saying, warning, 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 beware that you don't forget about the Lord. And he warns them, he warns them here, he warns them through Moses, he warns them, he warns Israel to not forget about God. Says when you go into your next journey, when you when you walk into that gate, when you walk into that marriage, when you walk into that house, when you walk onto that college campus, when you walk into that new job, when you walk into that new business, when you walk into that family, make sure you don't forget about God. And this is something to me because why would God have to remind his people not to forget about him? Why would God have to warn us not to forget about him? And he says, here's the warning, don't forget about God. But this word, forget, is an interesting word. Because in Hebrew, this word forget has a dual meaning. It has a flip side to it. It has a heads and a tail to it in the meaning. And in the Hebrew word, the word here uh, for forget, uh, it means not to fail to remember God. Fail not to remember God. Fail not to remember God. That's the first meaning it has. It, has, it, it tells them don't fail to remember the Lord. And, and, and the way it's used, it says don't lose sight of God. So when he says, don't, don't forget about the God, the first meaning, it means not to lose sight of God. It doesn't mean like, they, like you lay God aside and like you do your keys and you forget where they are and you look for them. No, it says don't lose sight. When you walk into this journey, don't lose sight of God. Don't, 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 don't let the things of life, don't let the, the college parties and, and all the girls and, and all the guys and all the freedom cause you to lose sight of God. When you walk into that home, don't let your, your home cause you to, to lose sight of God. When you walk into that marriage, don't let your marriage cause you to lose sight. When you walk into your business, don't let that business cause you to lose sight of God. It says, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. And I like this because if we're going to remember the Lord, first we have to have a relationship with him. So he says, in your relationship with God, don't let these things cause you to lose sight of God. Oh, I don't know about y'all, but we can quickly lose sight of God. We can quickly let the things of life cause us to forget about God, to lose sight of God, to forget who we are in God. Do I got any witnesses out there? We... We all can attest. Just take your halo off, put it to the side real quick. Just put it right there, and you can put it back on when you leave out. Because um, readers outside, just put it back on when readers come and act holy and do the curse and all that stuff. But right now, just take it off because we quickly can lose sight of God. And he says, when you go into this new journey, don't lose sight of God. But then he comes back and he gives a second definition. This word has a, a flip side to the definition. It, it, it doesn't mean to lose sight of God, but it says do not neglect the Lord. 
So when he says, don't forget, the, don't forget the Lord, and he charges them not to forget the Lord, he says, don't lose sight of God and don't neglect God. Oh, my God, don't neglect God. He says, let, 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 don't, 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 don't neglect who God is. Don't, 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 ignore, don't ignore God. Don't, 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 just, don't, don't just walk away. Don't, don't neglect your relationship with God. Don't, don't let your basketball career cause you to neglect God. Don't let your studies cause you to, um, to neglect God. Don't let the parties cause you to neglect God. Don't let the fun in elementary school cause you to neglect God. Don't let your business or your job cause you to neglect God. Don't let that husband or that wife cause you to neglect God. Don't let them children cause you to neglect God. God. In your journey, don't neglect God. And we're at a time where God is being neglected by the house of God. Even us as pastors, pastor, don't neglect God. Don't get so busy and doing God work where you ain't doing nothing for God. All you're doing is working for people. Don't neglect God. It says that we are to not neglect God. And it's easy to neglect God. I know as a pastor I'm getting called this and this got to be done and that got to be done and this got to be done and that got to be done and this need help and that need help and it's easy to say God I put you on the side to do this but you got to put them things to the side to worship God and to live for God and to worship God and to live for God and to study God's word don't neglect God it says in your journey in your new journey, we got to be careful that we don't neglect God. You're going to see things, young people, that you haven't seen before. You're going to run into to people that you didn't even know exist. But don't let them cause you to persuade you to neglect God, to, to, to walk away from God, to act like God don't exist. When I was in college, my professor uh, was telling me that, that, that if you can't explain God, then God don't exist. Now keep this, th keep this in mind. It was a, a philosophy class. Philosophy class. Well, uh, whatever, y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey, philosophy class, okay? Send it to me, Janice. Break it down for me so I can get it right. Philosophy class, okay? It was a philosophy class, and she... She, she said, and, and I took some classes, not at a Christian education before I went to Bible school and graduated. Um, she said, uh, uh, you, if you can't explain God, God don't exist. But I, I know I'm a finite, I, I'm a man. If I can explain God, then we don't need God. Uh, I know that. Do y'all know that? Y'all ain't say amen, so I don't know if y'all know that or not. I mean, but if you can explain God, then God ain't God. Because you can't explain something that, that's supposed to be God, right? So, and I, and I heard that. And with my background, my biblical education, I said, well, are we in a uh, um, philosophy class? And you just told us that we can't explain sadness in the other class before. So you telling me, because we can't explain God, there's no God, but we can't explain sadness, but there is sadness. I don't know, y'all need to hear that again. Some of y'all don't understand that. She told me if you can't explain God, 
then God don't exist. But a week before she told me that you can't explain sadness, so you telling me that sadness exists, but I can't explain it. So how in the world I can explain sadness, which I can't uh, um, um, define, but I can't, uh, I can't define God and he don't exist. Oh, you got something mixed up, lady. Let me help you understand. Some of them teachers gonna tell you that God ain't real, that he ain't authentic, that he's not the one that spoke to nothing and things came to existence. And you let them know, hey, I, I know what you saying, but what I have been taught and what I have have been taught is by the scripture the word of God let me tell you that my God in Genesis came out of nowhere stepped on nothing spoke to everything and things came into existence that my God has power that fling the sky fling the uh, the stars in the air that lights the sun up even when it's dark outside that put the moon in the sky that had the birds to chirp the wind to roar he is God and I don't care what you say Says, says, don't neglect, don't neglect God, don't neglect them. Man, we neglect God all the time. You pray for a job, he give you a job, and then you don't come to church no more. You pray for that husband. He don't give you that husband that you wanted anyway because you're age. But he still blessed the marriage. And then you stop coming to church. You don't operate in no ministries. You ain't got time for this. You ain't got time. I got to do this. I got to do this. You more committed to stuff outside the church than inside the church. God says don't neglect him. And he charges us. And I'm not speaking to you only, I'm speaking to myself. Because there have been times where I have neglected God to do the work of ministry. Because I had a, a, a thought that ministry was more important than, than my relationship with God. He says, don't neglect God. He charges them not to forget about God. And here, this word for clear, forget means don't set God aside, don't, don't neglect God. But here it is in, in the scripture, in this narrative, in the, in the other verses, watch this. It, it's not like they did it on purpose. When it, it, it's not like you neglect God on purpose. I, I, I just don't believe if you have the spirit of God living in you, you just don't just turn away from God. It's, it's a slow turn. It's, 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 a, it's a boat in the water without an anchor. When you dock that boat on the dock at night and you don't anchor it, and you, you dock it at 8 o'clock at night, and when you look out at 10 o'clock at night, it seems that the boat is in the same spot, but you don't know slowly that boat had drifted away from the dock. Then you come back at 2 o'clock in the morning, it still seems like it's in the same spot, but it drifted away slowly. And slowly over the years, if you don't drop the anchor to that boat, it's going to drift away. It's a slow drift. So it's not something that, that they just walked away from God. It's a slow drawing away by things of this world. It, it was an enticement by the things of this world. It, it, it was the busyness of the world. And we love staying busy, right, Pastor Tucker? We love staying. We love filling our calendar up. Our calendar ain't got no more white spaces in it because we want to say, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got this. I got that. I got. We love staying. And what it does is it just drifts us away slowly from God. 
And, and so this wasn't an intentional thing. This was a, something that they just got caught up in. Something, something that eased them away from God. So you think you still got a good relationship with God, your fellowship with God, and next thing you know, you're way over there and like, how did I get here? says, don't neglect God. But the question is, how do I know if I neglected God? Because we got to ask that question. How, how do you know if you neglected God? Because if I, if I take a survey now and ask you, have you neglected God? Most of y'all will say, no, me and God like this. We, we good. We, we, we right here. We right, me and God right here. I talk to God all the time. I pray all the time. Me and God got a good relationship. I know him, I know him. And then if I ask you the question, you get offended. But how do I know if I, I neglected God? How, how do I know? How do I know? I'm glad you asked because the text tells you. Right here in verse 11. I'm still in verse 11, remember. So the charge was don't neglect the Lord in verse 11a. Let's look at verse 11b. Here's how you know if you neglected God. Ne neglected the Lord. the Lord. He said that... By not keeping his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes, which I command you today. Oh, y'all quiet now. <laughs> y'all did that evaluation and realized you ain't that close with God like you thought, huh? I understand. I understand. He says, he, he answered the question, how do I know that I, I, I have forgotten about God? How do I know that I, I neglected God? How did I know that I put God to the side? He said, by being disobedient. He says, if, if you want to know how far you're away from God, do a heart check. Check your heart. See where your obedience at. Check your checkbook or your Insta, I mean, or your cash app account. See where you're giving most of your money to. Check your time sheet and see where you get most of your time. Check your obedience. He says, if you want to know if you have neglected God, do a heart evaluation. See, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Now, now y'all, now y'all see y'all getting on y'all phone now. Y'all looking at Macy's and trying to shout right now. Now you don't want to hear that. Remember, they don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. He says, if you want to know, have you neglected God? He says, look at your life. He says that your, your, your life will show it. How, how would your life show it? He says here in verse number 11. He says, by not keeping the commands of God. He said, by not being obedient to the word of God, you know what the word says. But instead of you being obedient to it, you're going to try to justify it. You're going to try to flip it and spend it to make it fit your situation that you may feel good knowing that God's word says some contrary to what you believe in and what you're doing. And you will not be obedient to the commands of God. How do I know I forgot about God? Because I don't follow his commands. I don't listen to his word. I reject his, his word. He says, this is how you know that you have, have forgotten about God because you're you disobedient to the word of God. He says also, not only do you not keep the commands of God, but he says also, he says that you, you do not keep his judgment. You do not operate in integrity. You, 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 you sit on the judgment seat to give righteous judgment but it only apply to other people, but not yourself. You, you, you disobedient to, to the judgments of God, to, to judge him rightly. You, you disobedient, you don't operate in integrity. Everything is shady with you. 
You, you, you mentally thinking about things to get over and to get, get into and to make this work and make that work. He says that you ain't obedient to the judgments of God. Then he said the statues of God. You ain't obedient to the, the rituals of God. You ain't obedient to coming to fellowship on a consistent basis. You ain't obedient in, 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 in being a part of communion. You ain't obedient in the things of God. How do I know that I'm far, that I have forgotten God by your disobedience? Your disobedience, the heart, show that we have walked far away from God. This shows that we have forgotten God, young people. How you act show that you have forgotten the God. Who you, who you listen to show you have forgotten about God. What your entertainment is like show you have forgotten about God. What kind of things that you into show you have forgotten about God. Remember, because you are a Christian, Jesus Christ lives in you. So whatever you do, he do. So if you taking him to sin, he's sinning because he lives in you. And let me ask you a question. If your parents were there when you sinned, would you do it? No, you wouldn't because you respect them, but God is with you and you do it anyway. So we have more respect for people than God, who has a heaven and hell to put us into, by the way. He says, look, if you want to know if you have forgotten about God, he says, just look at your life. Just look at your life. We have forgotten about God when, when God's will is not done in our lives. When we are not doing the will of God, we have forgotten about God. When we do not show the respect to the Lord, we have forgotten about God. When we, when we live in sin and walk in the flesh, we, we have forgotten about God. When we put things before the Lord, we have forgotten about God. When we put everything first in our, in our lives and uh, uh, God second, we have forgotten about God. When we, when we don't obey his word, we, we have forgotten about God. When we live in contrary to, to the standards and the will and, and the word of God, we have forgotten about God. When we live in activities that look like the world and it can't be distinguished if you're a Christian or, or, or a sinner, we have forgotten about God. It's time to evaluate our lives, people. It's time to, to look at your life and make the evaluation, have I forgotten about God? Because God charged them in this new journey, there are gonna be some things that you've never seen before. There are gonna be some people, like I said, that you, you never encountered. It's going to be some attitudes and some, some, some new things that, that you have not seen and some, some things that you may heard about but you are not engaged in. And don't let them things sway you from God. Don't let what God give to you. And here's the problem with Israel. I ask that you read that whole chapter because what Israel did is that God blessed them and they forgot about God. God says, when, when I bless you and everything was going well, you stopped coming to me. 
when, you, when, when, when I gave you the house and, and the house got bigger, when I gave you the food, the scripture says, and you got full, you stopped praying to me. But when you only had beans in the cupboard, you knew how to pray. But now you got spaghetti and meatballs. Now you don't pray to me no more. He says, when I start to bless you and things start to be okay in your life, you act like you don't need me no more. When you got that new job and you went from a GS5 to a GS7, and now you think you don't need God no more. He says, guess what? I don't want to put you in that position. I'm the one gave you that house. I'm the one that put you in that college. I'm the one that put you in that school. It wasn't your good works. It wasn't your parents. It wasn't that you studied. No, it was God. And he says, I dare you to forget about me. You got to remember me because all your source come from me. Everything I have done in Clinton Baptist Church, Pastor Pew, you ain't nothing but some dirt. God did it. It was God, even in your life. Don't walk with your head up bragging like you all that in a bag of chips. If God wouldn't have touched your life, you wouldn't be on the streets like everybody else. It was God who did it. it says, don't forget about me because everything you have came from God. 